the 495th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head on over to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. 15% off everything when you use promo code PLAYOFFS. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos. Welcome to episode 495 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This episode is going out to Combat Shaman, who says we are the best MMA betting podcast on the internet by far. You can't really argue with that. Mm-hmm. Now, can you? No. Um, we'll toot our own horn a little bit. Toot, toot. Thank you, Combat Shaman. Thank you, everyone who listens and subscribes on YouTube. And thank you uh, for, for at least the one lady who uh, our demographics now say 3.8% <laughs> female, I believe, on YouTube. So thank you. Uh, the, the one... Uh, female who who uh, stood up and said that she she watches the show uh, i'm one of your host jeff chalks fox it's monday which means it's regional mma time and we've got um another good up-and-coming regional uh promotion uh we were talking about octagon yesterday's show this one is fury uh fury which uh, works um there works the texas area of uh, of the united states of america they have a challenger series coming up uh little less than a week next sunday so we're going to give you uh the five most intriguing fights off of there and uh, give you some winning picks for that um maybe we'll have a little chit chat before let's bring in gumby reeland have okay gumby dana white's got an amazing main event lined up for ufc 300 gumby reeland what is it going to be um, maybe amazing wasn't the uh, name we, but we've talked about this before it's... hinting and hinting and hinting what is what is it, it going to be though it's izzy and somebody yeah it's either Izzy and Pajeda or it's Izzy and, and Dreykus. And I think the only – because I know everybody out there, right? We're all complaining. Dana, please get on that announcement. Dana, we want to hear that announcement. Like over and over and over again. The reason is is he's just seeing if Dreykus is available because he yeah. doesn't want to send Izzy back up to light heavyweight. He'd rather keep yeah. him at middleweight because then he's got Pajeda at light heavyweight who's marketable and he's got Izzy at middleweight who's marketable. He'd rather keep them separate and have, especially if they're both champ at some point down the line, the possibility of that crazy super fight being the trilogy for a second belt for Izzy. Like, there's a lot on the line there. Um, and so, like, he would rather just have champs in both divisions that are marketable. He'd like Izzy to go wreck Dreykus. Uh, No offense to Dreykus. But, like, he would like Izzy to go wreck Dreykus, I think. He's just waiting to see if Dreykus is ready to fight because I know his eye was a little busted up with that jab. Um and like, if not, I'm sure he has paid on retainer, just ready to go. See, Gummy knows what's up. He, he's not spreading. He's not buying into the rumors that they're going to create a 165 pound belt and it's going to be Connor Michael Chandler for it. Dude, how many uh, times did we hear about that though? Like, in all honesty, and, and like, I'm not saying it won't happen one day because I know the rumors out there, and it, it's probably started by Shale Sonnen and in, in, in Henry Sudo oh, because it, it seems not, like he's not a news source. Everyone, Shale Sonnen is not a news source. You ever notice right? that like 90 percent of MMA junkies headlines start with like Henry Cejudo says now or Chael Sonnen says and it's just like who gives a crap what those two say exactly like 
One of them is like the fifth best bantamweight right now and hasn't won in – when was the last time Henry Cejudo won a fight? Uh, and mm, the other one, wow. Shale Sonnen, who like – Who's, who's been a, even longer since he won a fight. Yeah, I mean he's like – and not particularly like a reliable commentator in any way, shape, or form. So like, yeah, I, I think they probably got started by somebody like that. If it is true, like, you know, power to them. But like the UFC notoriously has been hesitant to like jack up one of their divisions to create two. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a, a popular weight class. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the time that they do decide to like mix things up is in favor of Conor McGregor. But, you know, he's talking about fighting this fight at 85 pounds, right? Like he said time and time again, Chandler, you got to come up to 85 for me. He said it on the show. He said it after filming Roadhouse. He looks like he should be fighting at 85 now. <laughs> like, why then would they need a 65 then? If he's talking about 85, why not? Like, even if you could talk him back down to 70, like, why would he need another five pounds? It just seems like a wild move. Um, and if they want to put a belt on him, dude, they'll just put an interim belt on him or they'll make up the Conor McGregor belt or the roadhouse uh, the, belt. Yeah. The roadhouse belt or the <laughs> the most coked up MF, you know, like yeah. it's, it, there's a thousand <laughs> things they could do to make up a belt for him. They made up a belt for, for Jorge Mosfidal. They'll make one up for him too. So I, I don't buy that. They're going to jack up two divisions there. Um, especially like, you know, like they wouldn't do it for Colby Covington and they seem to love the hell out of that dude. So, uh, and, and he was way more suited for a 65 than Connor is. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's always probably conjecture and, and we'll see Connor show up at some point in time, probably on that Saudi Arabia card, if I had to guess, because it uh, seems like, yeah, uh, cool. yeah, it seems like the the Saudi contingency there is very excited about having a big star out there, and he's probably one of those ones that the UFC's like, eh, we probably don't need him in a, a an actual big fight card. We'll just send him to this yeah. place, uh, where they they think he's still worth his weight in gold. <laughs> Well, con- convicted convicted felon uh, Chill Sunday was taking some shrapnel for Gumby, claiming that he can't be trusted. So I don't even know if he was available. Uh, if he was involved with this, but is he a convicted uh, felon? I mean, like the, yeah, the whole the thing where he mugged those dudes stuff. and the oh. no, no, this was when, oh, uh, I forgot about the real estate stuff. stuff. With his he also mom beat up stuff, those yeah. dudes in the he beat up those dudes in the casino. A woman too, too I think. Yeah, yeah sure. Why, why not? <laughs> Yeah, real roadhouse style. Yeah, like, so yeah, um, yeah. One thing that makes obviously makes this rumor not true is Conor McGregor is nowhere near 165 pounds, and he never will be ever again. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to. I don't even know that he's <laughs> going to fight again. Uh, exactly. But like the idea of making up a division for him where we can't seem to figure out if he's even going to fight again seems kind of far fetched to me. Yeah, and I don't think 165 would be his weight class anyhow. Um, why? Why sh- he? Uh, all the uh, the chips are on his side of the table. The ball is in his court. Whatever else you want to say, uh, he can he can fight any weight class he wants. Uh, I just will, also will him, I, so. I I just will also say the the weirdest thing for me too is that like and, and I know people have have been big proponents of the 165 pound division for a while. Are there really that many people here who like that extra five pounds going up is is killing them in fights? You know what I mean? Like it's five pounds. And don't get me wrong, a five pound advantage, and we've seen people who miss weight or not tried to make that last five pounds or whatever, we've seen that matter. But we're really talking about just like a lot of those welterweights will just like continue to kill themselves, but just like slightly more in a weight cut to make 65. Yeah, exactly. 
I don't yeah. think it's helping anybody as much as people seem to think it is. No, well, Joe Rogan has been talking about it for years. Um, yeah, so I, I guess what people want to happen or are proposing is 65, 75, and then 85 is stays the same. So add, add in the extra weight class. So taking water weight and breaking it into two is, is what the proposal is, but whatever. You, you would have thought they, they would have been desperate enough to do it already before uh, up to this point. So I, that's, yeah, I feel that way. Like, yeah. And, and if you need a more weight class, I've got a suggestion. Adam weight sitting right there. Exactly. Women's Adam weight. Let's go. Let's go. All right. We're going to talk about some Fury FC after I tell you about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. <laughs> Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football, MMA, tennis. They got it all. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win 100 times with some spicy plays. Gummy, do you have a spicy play or even a mild or medium play for us? So they don't have the, uh, at the time of our recording, they don't have the Monday lines up yet for the NBA, but I am going to be in on Terry Rozier's higher than on his points. Uh, Heat going to be playing the Suns. He's looked great since he's joined the Heat. Uh, Bradley Beal banged up. Yusuf Nurchich banged up. Uh, and you know, that just in general means a little bit worse defense out of those, uh, Phoenix suns. So let's say Terry Rozier is higher than on his points projection. Gummy is big on Terry Rozier. I'm always hearing about Terry Rozier. And now that he's on a team that doesn't suck, uh, it should help. (laughs) Is, Is it because he used to play in your neck of the woods? Is that how he got on your radar? Um, yeah, I mean, he was on the Celtics. I'm not a big Celtics guy, though, so... I know. Yeah, yeah. but yes, his name has been floated around in my circles more often, probably yes. for that reason. There you go. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underlog's mobile app or website, underlogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underlog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks. It's Underlog Fantasy promo code SGPN. All right, let's get down to some Fury challenger series 11 the good thing about fury there's lots of good things about fury but one of the good things is they run sundays a lot of times in the afternoon this one is sunday february the 4th 6 p.m eastern time it's going down in houston it's in a cage <clears throat> excuse me it's on youtube even better another fantastic thing about it and only fans as well is it on only fans only fans is, is on their poster i don't know maybe, <laughs> maybe. i know everybody maybe. in the discord gets bummed out when they uh yep. they're forced <laughs> to use only fans and explain yep. it to their girlfriends yep. <laughs> bummed out for, they're totally bummed out for sure um all right so it's youtube 13 fights uh, now they have announced because people have asked about it the belt order is not set yet um so topology kind of like topology has like debuting amateur fighters in in the co-main event so um probably not um actually it's confirmed that it's not the, the set order what gumby did is he went through the card he picked the five fights that are the best fights to break down and that he likes at least likes one of the fighters in it hopefully and we will uh we will break down those fights for you correct correct and i like uh i like both of the fights or fighters in a bunch of these so oh good even better uh no odds so once again gumby will be uh telling you his thoughts and then um, if you want follow up once the odds drop, then you can get in our Discord, sportscombypockets.com slash Discord. Uh, Fury odds are usually widely available. Yeah, they're usually, um, we're not currently sponsored by a sports book, right? Um, nope. uh, they're usually on Bet Online, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You can usually find them. <laughs> they should on, sponsor us. Yeah, Bet on, Bet on, you know, they, they come with the, the MMA odds, uh, furiously. Ooh, look what I did. You see what I did? There, there? you Ooh, go. Little synergy. <laughs> Bet online and the clink room reach out to us. <laughs> um, 
All right, we're gonna do a hundred hundred and fifty pound fight. So uh three five three five minute rounds, hundred and fifty pounds right between featherweight and lightweight. Paul Garza from the United States versus Gregory Foster from the United States as well. Foster three and oh with one submission. He's one no in Fury FC. He usually fights at featherweight, so he's a featherweight in this matchup inch taller than Garza. Garza would be the uh, normally the lightweight in the matchup. He is five and three, one knockout, three submissions. He's been knocked out once. Four and two in Fury. He's won three straight fights, all via finish. He's not lost since June of 2021. And like I said, he usually fights at lightweight. All right, break her down. So uh, this one's interesting. I, I think Foster is probably going to come in here as the favorite. I want to say like negative 180, negative 185, like a plus... There's usually a little bit wider of a gap on these fights, uh, being that that the fighters are relatively unknown. So, like, maybe plus 150 on the return for Garza. Uh, I'm going to pick Foster here, but I'm going to say if he doesn't come down to almost even money here, I, I would probably stay say, or say stay away from it. Garza is, like, dangerous in a bunch of ways. Like, he throws some, like, pretty big shots on the feet, like some pretty nice – it's usually, like, big wide hooks and overhands. My, my biggest issue with him is that he does seem to be, I don't want to use one dimensional in terms of his striking, but it's like he only uses a dimension at a time. So like he's like overhands and hooks, trying to back the guy up for a while. And then like he gets maybe a little bit tired or maybe he realizes he's thrown too many of those. And then like the next 30 strikes he throws are kicks to the legs and body. And you're like, okay, <laughs> but like, can we, can we do either of them at the same time? Uh, and if when you <laughs> he, he hasn't that, figured out that combo yet on his controller, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he can like, only uh, do certain combos. He's got like little kid hands on the controller, and he can only yeah. reach one of the buttons at a time. And like when he does learn to do both of those things, and maybe he does for this fight, and maybe that's why I'm staying off of it. When he learns to do both of them, all the striking looks good. And the difference I just like with Foster is that Foster, first of all, mixes it up better. He fights longer than Garza does because if Garza's throwing a lot of hooks and overhands, it means he does have to be a little bit closer, which tracks because I think he comes from a tie background, or at least it certainly looks like he comes from a tie background. And so Foster, I, he throws things a lot straighter, which as a result is a lot faster and it uses a lot better range. I like his little leg kicks a little bit better. And of course he mixes it up better too. So I think he's going to come in here as a slight favorite. And I think that you're, you know, a sizable favorite. I think I originally said negative 185, but I don't think I would bet him unless he was only a slight favorite. You know, like if this gets down to the negative 130, Gregory Foster might actually be a play here, but otherwise I, I think you just stay away from this and like, or you know, if you're the type of person who prefers to do this, like throw a prayer on like an underdog value on Paul Garza because it's pro the value is probably going to be there and you just hope like this is the time you figured it out. All right, there you go, Gumby. How's that for a breakdown by Gumby? He even tells you what uh, range to bet the fight in. He's our regional man here. All right, uh, we're moving up five pounds. This is a an officially lightweight fight, three five-minute rounds. Lester, is it Batres Jr.? Batres, do you know? Batres, yeah, Batres Jr. I know how to say the next name. Discord favorite, Tater McSpadden. Didn't someone in Discord get in touch with him? Didn't someone talk to him about our show? I thought. I'm not sure if it's Ryan oh, or if it was um not Ryan um. Who, I, who, I, I vaguely remember. Name? I vaguely remember this now, but I couldn't why give I'm you a single. Your, our friend in the jungle. Who's our friend that came back from the jungle? Why Why am I blanking his name? Who came back from the um, jungle? That's a joke I'm not familiar <laughs> he's like, with. Hey, guys, I was in the jungle. Don't you remember that? You don't I remember don't. that callback? I also don't remember All this. Right. 
this Tater McSpadden interaction. <laughs> oh, I thought um, I thought he said something about Tater. I'm scrolling until I. I'm, I'm gonna have to make the. the I'm gonna have to make the turn YouTube. up. Of course, turn up. Oh, turn I think it was oh. turn up. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna uh, have to make so yeah, Tater McSpadden the uh, the the thumbnail for this though for sure. You will. We already had a Tater McSpadden um, episode, I believe. So this will be uh, Tater McSpadden the Return, perhaps I will call this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all about Tater McSpadden. Oh no, he was um, supposed to fight Lester Batres on that card the last time right. we talked about him, and yep. he pulled out right before. Yeah. So we're still we're giving one more chance, Tater. No pulling out this time. All right, um, we'll tell you about Mr. Mr. McSpadden first. Uh, he's 2-1 with one knockout, 1-1 one one in Fury FC. Yep, we're excited about a 2-1 fighter, it's true. Uh, Win-loss-win is how his career has gone. He used to fight at featherweight, 0-2 as a pro kickboxer. Uh, Batrez, 0-0 as a pro. This will be his professional debut, so the stats I'm going to give you going forward will be his amateur career. 13-2 as an amateur, two knockouts, five submissions, never been finished in a fight. 5-1 in Fury as an amateur. He's won four straight fights, last one via TKO. Two times amateur Pan Am champion, so he's a world was a world class amateur fighter, and one no as a pro Muay Thai fighter. You're not going to pick against our boy, are you, Gumby? I am. Uh, oh, I'm going to go no. with Lester Patris. Um, you know, you mentioned he two time Pan Am champ. He was also the runner up at the amateur worlds. Right. Um, he he lost a decision in the finals to be a world champ amateur fighter, and and you know, like the the experience speaks for itself. If you watch this guy fight, um. You know, very fundamental, very smart, uh, very good at all the things he does. And, and I'm going to I'm going to make a comparison here and I don't want it to be insulting to Tater McSpadden or uh, the person <laughs> I'm going to compare him to. I want this to be just like a genuine like I'm I'm impressed with both of these low key, uh, but he's kind of like regional Jimmy Flick. Um, and, and I don't necessarily yeah, and I don't necessarily mean that he's only good at jujitsu because that's the thing about Jimmy Flake, but I mean yeah. that he's like dangerous in the weirdest ways all the time and <laughs> will like like you, you won't be surprised in five fights when Tater McSpadden pops back up in like, you know, the actual Fury cards instead of Fury Challengers or something like that. And he beats somebody who's got way better of a record than he does and does so with like a hilarious knockout or like a sick flying submission or like, you know, like it will just be one of those guys who you're like, oh yeah, he's going to screw me up all the time. So like, maybe he's the perfect person to beat Lester Botris because Botris has got like, you know, his wrestling seems mostly good and his top control seems mostly good. I can't like tell you anything about this guy that like blows me away. He's not overly aggressive. His strikes, you know, he puts them together in combinations, but there's not like, you know, I'm not like, oh man, look at how he rips the body or, you know, he really digs into the legs or, you know, like, he's a headhunter. No, he just like does it all kind of in an uh, unassuming way, wrestles a little bit, top game a little bit. I think it's all good enough to beat Tater McSpadden and to just stay out of the shenanigans, which I think is like most of beating Tater McSpadden is just like making sure you don't get caught in any like wild grappling exchanges or like a strike that you didn't think you were going to get hit with just do the simple fundamental thing and stay calm and like you'll probably beat him in this case and i think that's botris here as far as the odds go i think this is a weird one because we got a guy i don't know how the books line a guy who's an amateur champ like this right yeah i would have to think he's coming in as a favorite like if tater mcspadden was like three and oh or four and oh maybe not so much but i would think that the ami champ would come in as a favorite over a two and one guy. 
Um, so I'm going to say like negative 150 on Batres and like plus 125 on McSpadden. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go as much as I do like Tanner McSpadden. He is a very interesting prospect in terms of like the weird stuff that he does. But I'm going to go with Batres here. All right. No fun. No fun from Gumby. That's okay. Uh, Batres sounds like a promising prospect. Anyhow, so this will be an interesting fight, fight to watch for sure. All right. Where are we moving to next? We are moving to... Um, a featherweight fight, three five minute rounds. Eduardo Tejada, he is from he is from Venezuela. I knew it was somewhere down south, Venezuela, versus CJ Henny from the United States of America, down south as well, in my where I'm located. All right, Henny, two and two with one knockout. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. So he owes his rounds. Damn it. This is his Fury debut, and he did lose his last fight. Uh Tejada ET is the nickname. His initials, not the extra trust drill. Uh, he's four and one, one knockout, three submissions. He's been knocked out once. He owes his rounds too. So this one, it's bound. This is a uh, a Yanni pick. This one's going the distance for sure. Uh, he is one and one in Fury FC. Tejada uh, did lose his last fight. Used to fight at lightweight, two inches taller than Henny. So I think Tejada's going to come here, big favorite. Uh, let's say negative 300 here, probably like plus 250, 275 for Henny on the return. I'm going to go Tejada. Um, my concern with him here is that uh, you, you mentioned his only loss was a KO or TKO. It actually, he just wouldn't get off the stool. Right. It was retirement. Yeah, it was retirement. Yeah, it was. And it was, he had taken some punches to the nose. It looked like maybe his nose was broken. He did take one mean body shot right before the bell rang. Um, and it was a, you know, like he had fought a pretty high level opponent there, which, which certainly gives you maybe a little bit more reason for it. He had lost to Cameron Graves who like, if you look at his record, you know, he's been, been around the block for a minute. Um, and so for me, Tata, I don't like that. It looks like he gets tired with body shots, but if you look at CJ Henney's career, like this guy, he just looks kind of like a sloppy regional guy. He, he like throws all arm punches. He's trying to get into whatever kind of brawl he possibly can. And maybe that works a little bit against Tahada because he does get tired. But I think also, you know, he's destined to get countered here with something pretty nasty because Tahada, you know, first of all, really good submission skills. If this one does hit the ground, if they, they do get kind of crazy and stuff like that. Um, but like he's got long lengthy kicks. He throws the body, he throws a sidekick. So a guy who's trying to just like get in your kitchen and brawl is probably going to get hit with something on the way in. And if he doesn't, I mean, like, look at, look at Tata's uh, record. You know, we're talking first round arm bar, first round ready to get choke, first round arm bar, uh, first round TKO uh, by punches. So like, it, it's all like he gets people out of there early and typically uh when they, they get too close to him so yeah i like Tata here to counter uh i think he's going to be a big favorite here especially because henny's record doesn't look you know too sharp so yeah give me Tata. don't get too close to Tata is the um advice don't, for get too, don't get too close he will he will choke you out maybe break your heart in the process all right um before we move on let me tell you about cut Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes. And it's tons of it has tons of fun social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. I always stumble over that part, and I did it again. Cut offers lower VIG and fully customizable odds. Create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things, so you never have to chase anyone down for money. Social features include group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and more. 
The rewards are you get your cash back every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Reminder that Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to Cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com. And use promo code SGPN, naturally, for a 10% deposit a bonus. And Hall of Fame Bets, win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay ID in the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. And of course, the SGPN merch store. The month is almost over, but we're still running a sale. SportsGamblingPockets.com slash store. Playoffs is your code, 15% off. Get some MMA gambling merch uh, so we can win the contest against the other shows. Um, we got hats, we got shirts, we got mugs, we got it all. So go to SportsGamblingPockets.com slash store. Playoffs is your code. All right, where are we moving to next? This train is moving down the track or something, Gumby. Where is it headed to next? Lightweight. Have you heard that before? I have. Yeah, once or twice. <laughs> okay. All right. Lightweights. Lightweights. Uh, three five-minute rounds. Bruce Whitehead, USA. Devin Dixon, USA as well. Uh, Dixon, five one one Two knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted once. This is his Fury debut. He won his last fight via submission. That was back in February of 2022. So it's almost been a year since he's been. He has fought. Uh, used to fight at welterweight. Whitehead four and zero with two submissions. All those fights were in Fury, so he's fought pretty high level. Uh, two straight wins have come via submission. Used to fight at welterweight as well. Is also a pro grappler or was, maybe still is. And he's an inch taller than Dixon. And Gummy will tell you the rest. So I think uh, I think the favorite here is going to be Whitehead. Uh, for the record, the fact that he's got those quick finishes, uh, the fact that Dixon's got a somewhat recent loss. Um, and I think probably not too big, though, because Devin Dixon used to be a pretty hot prospect in terms of, uh, you know, how prospects go, particularly on the amateur scene. Like he was fighting in this promotion XFN. Uh, which I used to have to do some coverage of for a website I used to work for. And, uh, you know, like they were hyping him up as like, when he turns pro, this is the guy. Um, so I think some of that hype is still there. I think Whitehead probably like negative 160, maybe like plus 135 on the return for Devin Dixon. And I actually like Dixon in this one. I will say, uh, you know, I haven't taken a lot of underdogs in this card. I think Devin Dixon, if he does come in as an underdog here, makes a lot of sense. If you watch Bruce Whitehead fight, um, you know, a lot of forward movement in search of takedowns and, uh, you know, uh, submission. You know, you got two submissions in his last two fights, 29 seconds and 30 seconds. Uh, one of them against maybe not such a good opponent. One of them against a really good opponent um, in Darian Robinson. But, like, both of them are, like, you know, just move forward and wait for him to make a mistake grappling. You know, I, I mentioned before about Tater McFadden, right? Tater McFadden's a guy who just does a whole bunch of weird stuff. And if you're not very fundamental or you like, you know, let him get the best of you, you can sort of fall into some bad things. One of Bruce Whitehead's win is against Tater McFadden. And it was a split decision win. Somebody gave the one, you know, that's Tater's only loss. Somebody gave one of the fights or the, the fight to Tater McFadden. And it was largely just because like Bruce Whitehead is hittable and he comes forward and just kind of like is is so desperate to look for that 
that submission, sometimes he doesn't do the really fundamental things that he ought to. Uh, and with Devin Dixon, I, I think his the the ceiling on him has kind of been that he he's got shorter arms. At least I think he does. If not, when he throws punches, it looks like he's got shorter arms. He's got shorter arms, and it makes it really hard for him to find the right range to throw, particularly early in fights. But with that being said, he's hyper athletic. He does a really good job of like doing the simple things and staying out of trouble the right way. Uh, I do like his boxing when he does start to find the range and get into the distance. His only loss is against Richie Miranda and Richie Miranda. I, I want to say it's like seven or eight and one now at this point. So like that it loss has aged really well. And his only loss has been Keegan Genrich, who now is the LFA champ or I believe is the LFA champ Keegan Genrich is. And so like, you know, Devin Dixon has fought some really high-level dudes. He has managed mostly well through all of that. He's got a really long amateur career. His big flaw of not being able to find the range, I think, works better against somebody like Bruce Whitehead, who seems not to mind getting hit if it gets him in close enough range. So I'm going to go with Devin Dixon here probably as an underdog. All right. Fantastic. Finally get a dog, hopefully a dog here. Um, all right. The last fight we are going to handle, is this – yeah, this is going to be the main event. It is on the poster. So this is the main event. Three five minute rounds at lightweight. Yadier Davale from Cuba versus Adam Smith, not the economist. Adam Smith from the United <laughs> States of America. Um, all right. Smash Adam Smith. 11 and 10. One knockout, nine submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted five times. 0-1 in Fury FC. He's lost two straight. Before that, he won two straight. Before that, he lost set a five straight. <laughs> so 0-2, 2-2, and 2-7. Two, two and two, two and this sounds like a headliner, does it not, Gumby? When was the last time he won too? Did you see that? Uh, no, I didn't. I forgot to check that. I want to say it's like I want to say it's like five um, years ago or something. Like he's not won a fight since. Let me turn off the grappling. He's not won a fight since 2018. Yeah, there it is. He's not <laughs> fought since February of 2022. Thank you, Gumby, for bringing that up. Uh, both of his losses have come via finish. Both of the most recent losses used to fight at welterweight. 2012 pro MMA debut. He also does pro grappling. Davale, the Cuban problem. He's going to be Smith's problem soon. Uh, he's 5-0. and Two knockouts, one submission. 3-0 in Fury. Used to fight at featherweight. Seven years younger than Smith. I assume this is a, a, a showcase fight. Squash match. For yeah, the squash, squash match, match for Davale. 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 Yeah. I, I think probably negative 600, negative 700, something in that range. No reason to take a flyer on Smith having not won. Also, if you look at Smith, you know, bad problems with the grappling. Um, you know, his last loss was to Evan Cuts, who I, I've been a kind of a supporter of Evan Cuts on the regional scene. I think he's better than people give him credit for, but uh I, I think Diwali is uh much better on the mat than than Cuts is, and Cuts ground and pounded him with pretty much no problem. Um, and Davali, you know, like not for anything, like he, he might actually be a pretty damn good prospect. He fought his last fight against a guy named Michael Aswell, who some people may have heard of. Aswell has been fighting around Fury FC and the Challenger series for like quite a long time. I think all the way back to when he was an amateur. And he himself is like eight and one as a pro. And his one loss is Yadier Davali. So I, I think, uh, and in that fight, it wound up going to decision, but Del Valle had his back. I'm not kidding you. 20 seconds in with a body triangle. In. So like, that's the type of grappling we're talking about against a guy who just couldn't handle grappling in his last fight or seemingly for the last five years. So like, of course, Del Valle is going to look better here. Uh, if, if props show up, maybe look for, you know, early, as early as you can, you know, like if they give those first minute props or if you can get first round or you can get first round by submission props, like Del Valle should get the sub. He should get it in the first round. 
it should be the type of fight that gets him showcased high enough that first of all, they'll put him on a regular Fury card. And second of all, might even squeeze him into somewhere like the Contender Series. But yeah, uh, the Cuban problem here is definitely the pick. All right. The Cuban problem is the pick. How uh, good a prospect is he? Is it? Are you able to tell at this point or not? I mean, I think having beat Michael Aswell, like usually, you you know me, when we're talking about these regional prospects, nine times out of 10, I'm like, well, I got to see him against a guy who can do X, Y, and Z before I can really make a comment. You know, I think I said the same thing about like Motebek Oral Buy, right? And so I was like, I got to see somebody who can stuff one of his takedowns. And then he made his UFC debut and he still hasn't fought anybody who can stuff one of his takedowns. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like with with uh, Davali, he's already fought Michael Aswell, who's eight and one. Has shown some real good takedown defense in the past, and, and he, like I said, he was on his back with a body triangle sunken twenty seconds into their fight. So, I, you know, I'm going to be hesitant to to go out and say like, yes, expect him on the contender series in the fall, um, and perhaps expect him to win with some like really solid grappling. But like, that's kind of how I feel about him at the moment. So uh, I'm I'm in on the I'm in on the Cuban problem more than this I'm on the, the more than I'm in on okay. the Cuban missile crisis. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, this is supposed to be the Tater McSpadden episode and you're trying to turn it into the, uh, Michael Aswell episode. I will yeah, not I keep talking. To, I keep talking about Aswell. He's good. He's also good. Yeah. Pay attention. To Usually him. when you mention a random fighter, he's, he's catching straight <laughs> this time. It's uh, nothing but hearts. He, he's, he's sending, uh, he's sending, um, um, the Cupid bows at, at the, uh, at the man. All right. Um, Cupid arrows, uh, Del Valle is the pick. Dixon is the pick. Tejada is the pick. Batres is the pick, and Foster is the pick. Correct? That's right. All right. Come watch the event and chat with us in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. What else can you do? You can go to Twitter. Uh, we're at SGPNMMA. Gumby runs that account for us. He's at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer uh, there, and as well as on Instagram. Obviously, subscribe to our YouTube channel. At the very least, subscribe. If you want to see our ugly mugs, then you can watch the videos too. We give your permission. That's the MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Uh, my Substack, moneymma.substack.com. Get in there, uh, subscribe. You can enter my pick'em contest that has been posted as as you're listening to this. It will be up there for UFC this coming week. So get in there, get Gumby in your ears. More Gumby, less ch- chalks. That would be the top turtle in my podcast. Uh, tell the people who's on it, who are, are your guests this week. We got uh, Max Payne Griffin, who is fighting on the 10th. Uh, and then before that, we got Jamal Pogues, who's fighting this upcoming weekend. And Max Griffin has a new product that he's hawking, right? Yeah, he's going to tell you about some uh, partnership he's got going on. So oh, tune fantastic. in and, and hear about it. Um, and as always, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. And the code is playoffs in there. And Underdog Fantasy MMA SGPN is your code to help us out. All right, Gumby, get us out of here. We'll be back Wednesday with UFC. All right, I'm Dana Gibby-Vreeland. He's the Canadian problem, Jeff Fox. And we will see you on Wednesday.